When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on today's episode, we wrap up 2023 with a recap of the Jets' OT loss in Chicago. Plus, we look ahead to what's on tap for Winnipeg in 2024. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's wrap up the year in style. Hope you guys had a great little Christmas slash holiday break over the last little bit. And uh, yeah, we'll get one more holiday, one more day off, and then it's back to the real world. But at least we can head into this weekend. Uh... Well, well, we'll see if we got some uh, interesting stuff on tap. At the very least, the holiday roster freeze is over in the NHL, so maybe we get a little uh, fireworks before the actual New Year's Eve fireworks take place, but plenty to get into around the Winnipeg Jets and the rest of the NHL and maybe even some international hockey that we'll talk about a little bit later on. Uh, but joining me once again, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki here to talk some Jets and some Puck. What is going on, T Dog? How have the holidays been? They've, the holidays have been great. Uh, you know, you get the Monday, Tuesday off, and you're kind of on cloud nine after Sunday. You're like, oh, I got another, I got another weekend ahead of me. And then you get back, and you're a little, little not all there. And then we got another long weekend coming up. So we're gonna, we're ta- we're making the most of it for sure. It sounds like it. <laughs> That's good though. I, I'm in a I'm in a good spot. Had um, hoagie boys for lunch, which was mm. yeah. I mean that we're we're I mean still about eight eight nine hours ago, but I'm still riding the high. So I'm 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 in a good spot. I'm ready to go here. Um, yeah. So let's uh, before we look ahead to what's on tap uh, in 2024 for the Jets, at least for us, one more game to break down in 2023. The Jets will have a. Uh, little bit of a mini series against the Minnesota Wild coming up. But the Jets got back to action after the break and a quick trip out to Chicago ends at only one point. And there's kind of two different things that, that came out of this game, Tyson. I guess one positive, one negative. The positive being you play that way in Chicago against Chicago nine times out of ten, you're probably going to win that matchup by multiple goals. The negative part of that is, yay, Bedard for the next decade in the division. Next decade, That's... next next two decades. Well, I'm just trying to try to minimize the the, the pain <laughs> a little bit there. Oh my gosh, this kid is just stupid. And I have to say, he like literally still a kid, still a kid. And I mean, he's carried Chicago all year, and he was the entire team against Winnipeg, uh, scoring both goals, including that 
just absurd OT winner, which we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, you 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 do wonder, you do wonder how many nights it's or how many seasons it's going to be where the Jets can completely you know skate all over Chicago uh, until they get some reinforcements because um, yeah they, they got a big piece there and that big piece being a uh, generational franchise superstar, no doubt about it. I know you're you're kind of just hoping like. Especially, and you and I know, especially being Flyers fans, and with Crosby, when you're a team, when you're a fan of a team that's against a generational prospect, your only thought pretty much is just, please don't be the team that he chooses to pick on every single time we play each other. And it seems like the Jets might be one of Bedard's favorite teams to play against. Like, oh, I mean, obviously the the overtime goal we all saw, just an absolute burst of speed, and just being able to to rip that shot it's this patented toe drag move but i almost was i would, I don't want to say i was more impressed with the first with his first goal but i was i was very impressed with just the tenacity of being of wanting to get shot after shot like and each time he took it one of those shots on that first goal his purpose was scoring like some guys are they're, try, they're just trying to get it on net and hope something goes and he's he's shooting with the intent of i'm putting this either top corner or I'm putting it right through the goalie's chest. And like, it's just, you kind of just have to marvel at it now as a Jets fan and just hope that it doesn't come in any sort of big, either regular season games or any playoff games. But I'm sure at some point they will feel Connor Bedard's wrath in the playoffs. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's not <laughs> like, it's not like the city or the, uh, the franchise has had to deal with, generational superstars in the playoffs before right i mean it was only it was only an entire decade plus <laughs> with the oilers and then even the generational guy left and it still was horror and nightmares you know i i was thinking about this after the ot goal tice and i mean look was it far out yes all that stuff if you're blaming connor hellebuck on that goal i i just can't help you there is i mean I mean, watch the angle from behind him where his entire body is leaning towards ripping that one blocker side. There is like any other human being on the planet that tries to shoot that the way Bedard did probably breaks their stick in half and maybe loses a couple of chicklets. Like it, it's just nobody moves like like it, it, it's the, the level of deception on the release and the way his body is angled is is beyond absurd. But. At 18, in his first full season, how many guys do you think have a better shot than him? I don't. I don't know if you can say three. <laughs> like it's insane. It's. I mean, maybe I, you're obviously Ovechkin, I, and I, the way that Ovechkin. This is. I, I remember reading an article a couple of years ago, back when. Um, Back, I believe they were still in the Olympics, or there was some, there was some sort of Team Russia, uh, some something, and they were asking Andre Vasilevsky about Ovechkin shooting the puck, and he said it's like when a guy's playing soccer and he bends a ball like on a free kick or something. He's like, that's Ovechkin's shot, and like it's crazy to think that a hockey player can put spin and make a make a shot bend, but that's what those guys do, and I. I don't know how they do it. If I did, I'd be playing in yeah. the NHL. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't, like, wouldn't, wouldn't be doing the podcast right now. Yeah, yeah. it's just it, it really is special to see. And now, like with the way the game's been going to, and now going forward, you're going to have McDavid, Bedard, and then also I'm, I'm 
assume we might talk about them a little bit later, but Celebrini too. Like these three guys are oh, really, really good hockey players. I mean, yeah, if you want to give Ovi the nod for potentially scoring the most goals in NHL history, Matthews, I don't think, I think that's it, <laughs> right? Like, it's just crazy. Like, he's 18, and there's just no doubt about it. He's already one of the best goal scorers that's that's living on the planet right now. He's just special. I mean, what a kid. He's he's just going to be so much trouble. It's so, it's so awful. And I, I kind of jokingly said this with Huss on Winnipeg Sports Talk, Tice. Um, but if you can find odds for this somehow, anywhere, try to throw down some money right off the bat that Connor Bedard's 500th goal will be scored against the Winnipeg Jets. Basically, <laughs> any career milestone that he might hit, it's going to happen against Like I just have a bad feeling about that, right? Like The, the Jets have a tortured history of giving up milestone uh goals wins shutouts all that crap to to any player that plays against them so you can find a, a weird a weird prop bet to make but if it's there that might that might be something that pays off handsomely in about 11 seasons so a little sprinkle 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 a little bit on that it's it's like a right you're you're investing it's like an rrsp right like that's <laughs> it's, it's gonna it's gonna pay off down the road don't worry um so Bedard's crazy we we had that confirmed in that game but the Jets, the Jets were fine. Like they, right? I mean, realistically, just a just a smidgen of of more luck, and they pot three, four in regulation. I mean, Nemestikov might have had three in regulation with a little bit more luck. I mean, I, what was it? Five posts on the night? Something, something along those lines. I mean, they pretty grossly outshot Chicago as well. I'll give the I'll give the Hawks credit. They like Luke Richardson had them. They were battling hard. They just have no talent. Like there's just like Bedard, but outside of him, that they're they're just it's it's like Bedard in an AHL team. It's like really just, bad. There's nothing there right now compared to you know even the the middle of the NHL, right? But at, at least from from my view, you know the Jets started off great. No no worries about coming off the holiday break. It was just maybe just a slight lack of clinical finishing. But it wasn't like they were all that far off. And yeah, and Mrazic played good as well. Uh, I mean, no major complaints, really, on the night, for me at least. I don't know what you saw. Yeah, no, there's not too much to nitpick at, like, right? Like, well, we'll, we'll get to the one big thing, but if, if, if these, if the, like I've said before, if these are the games that you're losing, I feel pretty good about this team. Like, the games that they're losing, they're controlling play for a large majority of the game. I mean, this passing, they controlled the, the shot count. They controlled the chance count. Like, it's, it's just the, the result wasn't there. That's all it was. They, they did everything possible to get to the result they wanted to, and it just didn't end up falling their way. So, I mean, hats off to Bedard. <laughs> like, that's the, that's the big thing. And I just want to mention, too, I wonder, like, what percentage of Morgan Barron's goals are coming off the rush down the left side wall? Like it's got to be all of them, right? I feel like every time he scores, he's he's coming down on a rush and just rips he's, them up. Yeah, <laughs> they, 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 he said after the intermission, you know, they could hear the bench basically screaming at Fialbi, like, "Feed him, feed him! He's got speed." He's uh, he, he's not a fourth liner. He's playing on the fourth line. He's he's a good player. And he's got a really heavy shot. Yeah, you know, like you watch it. I mean, he rips it, and on on some of the Sportsnet broadcasts. 
if you watch it, or maybe the next time the Jets play on Sportsnet, just keep an eye on this. But like, and a lot of it's when he's got speed coming in. But he's regularly reaching mid to high eighties on his on his wrist shot, <laughs> which is like absurd, right? But he's got a really really heavy shot, and he kind of beat Morazic pretty easily there. Um, you know, the fourth line continues there, and it almost doesn't even matter who's. It's like whatever iteration the Jets put out there, they they just dominate. But you know, Morgan Barron's probably been the one consistent on that line all throughout the year. It's interesting, you know. I mean, not not too much to complain about in the game there, Tice, but just because the fourth line's been so good for so long, the top line was kind of quiet in this one. But I mean, they've they've carried the mail for about a week and a half, two weeks or so. A little concerned about the third line right now. They like they've been. They've been quiet for a while. There, there was obviously the 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 supernova right out of the gate with those three. You know, it, it's not like the losses have been coming in droves here, but I kind of wonder if a shakeup in the middle six might be on tap sometime soon. They haven't been bad on the third line, but nowhere near the level of dominance. And of course, you know, probably shouldn't have expected that all year long, but. Second line's going a little cold, even though Vladdy got unlucky in the game. Third line's dropping off a little bit here. Might not be a bad time to maybe flip-flop a couple of guys in there and see if that gives you a spark in the next handful of games. Well, and I wonder, too, if part of that has to do with how well... I mean, it does have to do with it, but like playing that much of a rough-and-tumble style of hockey, like, I mean, we're only we're not quite halfway through the season yet, but that's going to take a toll on you through 30 games and for the first 30 games that we saw like that line was really really playing balls to the wall getting in on on puck on board battles puck battles just kind of grinding other teams down and grinding the opposition top lines down too and i just think that after a while that's gonna that's gonna start to catch up to you at some point and i wonder if we're just sort of seeing kind of a reservation now a little bit just on that, you know, like we still have a whole half of hockey to play and then hopefully playoffs. I and mean, we've done pretty good for ourselves so far, but you know, you never want to make a non guarantee a guarantee before it's already done. But uh, hopefully, playoffs and you know, we want to save ourselves. We want to be able to play that style of hockey when we get to that point. So I think maybe it could just be a little bit of a dialing back. I wouldn't mind um, seeing the minutes and maybe matchups change up a bit too. And I, I, it doesn't hurt to see what the lines are going to look like. You've, you've awarded yourself up to this season where you can you have the liberty to kind of mix and match some lines see if there's some untapped chemistry that you just haven't quite noticed it's just sometimes guys just click for whatever reason so maybe you just mix them up see if there's any kind of chemistry that you weren't quite sure of was there before and see what happens yeah i'm i've always been intrigued to see el nino with with perfetti to, to see how those two play off each other. I, I just think that would be a good combo there uh, but we'll see what happens. I, I imagine, you know, the earliest we might see a change there would be after the back-to-back against against Minnesota. So maybe you just keep it as is for now and then take stock of everything once you uh, wrap things up over there on Sunday afternoon. But just something to keep in mind that eh, might need a little bit more of a boost in the middle six, right? Because... As as good as they've been, Ehlers, Velarde, Connor, or Ehlers, Velarde, Shifley aren't going to be able to uh, put up two three-point nights every single night over the course of the rest of the season here. So we'll keep an eye on how the middle six performs over the next little bit. Not the biggest concern, though. And it reared its ugly head once again in the game. 
Oh man, the power play sucks, Tyson. It's so bad. Like there's you can't it just it's uh it's it's just such a momentum zapper too. Like it's crazy for the Jets to be as good as they've been this season record wise with how bad their power play is. It really is remarkable because it's so bad. I just hate it. And, and you could tell like it's at the stage now and you see this with like basically any team at, at, at any level where there's no confidence. They almost dread going over the boards. And it's all the hallmarks of a poor power play. It's completely static. It's completely predictable. It's just not fun to watch. And yeah, I mean, you talk about switch ups in the middle six. I I can live with things staying the same for the next little bit. If we get some kind of a change on the power play here, remarkable that it's only the ninth worst power play in the NHL. It's mind blowing to me that there are eight other teams and and by a lot too, if you even just looking at the percentages, eight other teams that are like, wow, we would trade our power play for that one in Winnipeg. What do you do? <laughs> what do we do, Tice? What one thing I want to see experiment with is I want to see Mark Shifley net front. Oh, ah, so so that's interesting because the I feel like the prevailing sentiment around the Jets fan base right now is for Shifley to go into that bumper spot that, that he was back when you know, it was Wheeler on the half wall, lining on the other side. But you're saying put him right in the net. Yeah, because, well, there's two things with that. I want Alex Ayaf, great guy. I want him off the power plate t- yesterday. Nice. Like, I, I like I like that. I like the caveat there. It's <laughs> like he, he doesn't belong. Like, what, he's scored one goal in the past 20 games? And, like, that's like, oh, we need that guy on our top unit. He, he really stirs the drink for us on that top unit. But, like. It just does nothing. Like I want to, I I would like to see Mark Shifley. I mean, I don't mind him in the bumper role, but I think that you have more options and you create a more lethal unit if you have him kind of operating below the goal line, and then when the puck is around the perimeter, he moves out to the front of the net there, because like he's going to be really hard to move out from that from that front of the net area. He's such a strong, big, strong guy. Like I think it's a little underrated how big he is. Like he's not like a small dude for a skilled player. And I just I like the having that option where you can throw the puck down low and have a really skilled player still be there to make plays. I know Gabe Velarde's kind of been in that spot too, but it's just I, I like Shifley's ability to fend off bigger defenders in front of the net than uh, most other guys in the Jets. And then from there, I, I don't know like who's in charge of the power play. I don't know what the what exactly the spots are being designated as, but man, like it's just, they've tried this. They haven't changed anything over the past two years. Like that's well, I, I, more, more importantly, they haven't changed anything since Connor went down. Yeah. That's a, that's a long time. The power play wasn't good with Cal Connor. And I imagine I, it's gotten worse. Like, I don't know percentage wise or anything like that, but I mean, I just don't know how much more of the, and bones, like Bones is pissed about it. That how many games ago was it where he was like, I think it was the Montreal game, right? Where he was, it's costing us every night, and they, but they still don't do anything different. Yeah, that's. I was going to ask you. I wonder, like, how do you think the power plays looked with and without Connor? Like, because there's some. I, I don't honestly. I don't particularly like where Kyle Connor was on the power play. Yeah, I, like, I, it's 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 different. 
but I think the same issues are, are still persisting in that they're just, they're slow with the puck in terms of movement. They're predictable with what they're going to do. And, and there's no movement. Like there's nothing. It's just, it's like chess, right? <laughs> like it just, it's like bubble hockey. Like you, you're, you're stuck in your lane and you're up, down, up, down, up, down. Like there, there needs to be, I mean, you watch the best power plays in the league and you don't got to be flying all over the zone, Chris, all this stuff here. But I mean, there, there, there needs to be some level of movement uh, because I mean, for a lot of PKs, once you're set in your, in your design, whatever it is, it's kind of easy, right? Like you have to break it down a little bit to try to get some scoring chances. You can do things quote unquote fancy, you know, by trying the cross scene passes or what, what, whatever it might be, or you can get down and dirty where it's just, let's get pucks to the net and we'll out, outnumber them in and around there. Right. But it, it, do something and as opposed to just perimeter, perimeter, perimeter. Like there's just, there, there's no real danger. Anytime the jets have the power play for, for me, Tice, I, and you kind of touched on it there. I, I think the easiest move is Iafalo off, Perfetti on, and you kind of let Cole Perfetti run the power play for yeah. a little. That, that, that to wall. me, yeah, on the half wall there. I think that's. Is it going to be the the be all end all? I I don't know. Probably not. I tell you what, it can't be worse, and he's a good enough player that. You know, you could have Shifley in it around that bumper spot, which I think is fine. You still have Ehlers on the uh, on the wall on the other side there. And I wouldn't even mind them kind of putting Gabe Velarde in the same spot that they had Kyle Connor in his first few seasons in the NHL, where he's like not really net front, but kind of just off the post there in and around the goal line area. I, I mean, he's got good enough hands. He's a big dude. He can cause some havoc down low there. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Jets try to get Velarde more involved on the man advantage there. But it feels like as far as quick solutions and trying to change things around right away, Perfetti for Ayafalo to me seems like a no brainer. Yeah. And then even to like just adding Perfetti there and like, let, let's say you do do that um, Velarde net front sort of area and then Shifley bumper. You you're way more open to those quick one timers instead of the cross ice one timers that you're hoping you know, Connor or Ehlers or just hits a absolute perfect shot and puts a top corner. Like those ones, it's, it's a little, those little movements are tougher for goalies. Like it's like, it sounds, it doesn't sound like the way it should be, but when a goalie's pushing cross ice on a, like a, from one half wall to the other one timer, you're just pushing across and be like, I hope this hits me when, with those, with those shorter one timers, it's a little, it's those slight movements. And just not hitting that that slightest movement could provide the space for a goal to go in. And with Shifley's shot, I think that's going to open up a lot more chances for the Jets to pot a couple on the extra man. We'll see what happens. Please just change something. <laughs> it's, it sucks too, like, as Flyers fans and us watching every Jets game, the Flyers currently with the worst power play in the NHL at 10%, which is... Whole uh, JC, like, can we please somebody help? Somebody please help us. <laughs> like, I just can't watch. I can't watch another game with a bad power play. Like, please, just that, please, let's just figure something fly- out. With the Flyers, at least it's like, well, these guys just suck. Like, these guys just aren't very talented. That's yeah, where yeah, there, yeah. There, there's a skill. There's a skill disparity. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Shifley, Ehlers, Velarde, Morrissey. 
as of right now, Connor, when he comes, there's more than enough skill to be middle of the pack, which is just the bare minimum. I, I mean, all the skill in the world to be a top 10 unit. But we'll see how it changes, and we'll see um, what it might look like back-to-back against the Minnesota Wild coming up here. One of the hottest teams of the NHL, too, Tyson, since we made fun of John Hines getting behind the bench, but he's giving them the old fire the coach, new guy comes in boost. Four straight dubs, seven and three in their last ten, and you know they sit dead or second, sorry, second last in the central right now. But a couple wins back to back against the Jets, and they'll be not on the Jets' tail, but they'll be in fourth spot in the division in a playoff spot, and you know not all that far away from Dallas and Winnipeg right now. So at the very least, hey, these games are fun. I know a lot of people say Minnesota Wild Hockey is boring. I've kind of disagreed with that for a few years, but I like it because the hate's there. Like it's going to be nasty. It's going to be a nasty end to the year. Well, and Mike and John Hines has done this typical interim mind tricks that he does. Like I, I swear, I don't think I've ever heard him actually talk. Like I feel like John Hines just gets into the room and like portrays his thoughts to the to the writers and team, just like and he just puts it in their brain, and everyone's like, "Yeah, that makes just like the way he looks." Like, he kind of scares me. He gives me like a little like like Professor X vibes. Yeah, like a, like a body snatcher. Like like he like oh, what <laughs> like the invasion of the body. Like that old oh. that old horror movie. That I get those kind of vibes. That, what I, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> There's not much you can do, but it's just he's got the wild going. That's a, that's all you need to know. And they're they're just such a weird team. In the wild, they, like, yeah. It, every year you're like they're like they're all right now yeah, they'll probably sneak in and this year they got off to a really slow start and you're kind of figured like hey like maybe this is the year they kind of fight tail off a bit there's all that drama in the front office there and i that still blows my mind even too like i all that stuff happened and everyone was kind of just like yeah we fire a bunch of people in the front office bill garen hasn't been going out to events in a long time but that's all, everything's going good in mini like this this wild team is there's something up with them right now. And I just, I don't know what, I don't quite know what it is, but there is something going on with them. Maybe they go on another run, steal a division spot or something, but I'm not, I, I kind of think that this run that they're on with Heinz taking over is a little bit smoke and mirrors. It's a little bit. Yeah. A little bit alien dust I, I, <laughs> for the, for the player's sake. I hope <laughs> my God, the body snatcher coach. Well, th- thanks for. I mean, we're recording this just before eleven. Thanks for just rocking me to sleep tonight, Tyson. You got any other, any other horror story? Any other major horror characters you want to compare head coaches to? You're just gonna stick with Body Snatcher Hines. That would be a pretty sweet sports nickname, though. Like if you were like the Body Tyson, the Body Snatcher, or Wiki, like that. That legitimately would be a sweet nickname. Well, we gotta get on the train. Get John Hines. I mean, I don't know if he'd oh, yeah, I'm sure he'd love to be on the podcast now. <laughs> Look at a chat going. That's Canada Life Center next time to hear body stature. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, yeah, I mean, that, sure. That would be great. He'd be, everyone would be like, what, what is going on? What does this even mean? Well, he didn't, I did not anticipate the year ending like this, Tyson. So I'll, I'll give you credit for that. On the skates and plates bingo card, I didn't think. John the Body Snatcher Hines was going to be one of our final segments there, but 
I guess it is. <laughs> um, quickly before we wrap up the year, just I, I don't even know if it's in the news necessarily, but I've just seen this being float around. Kind of, you know, the Athletic did something and a few other publications. But have you seen or kind of been following around with the 2025 international best on best rosters and what they might look like? I Spe- yeah, yeah, specifically Canada and the U.S. Yes, and it, let oh me let, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me throw this out there. So, so you've kind of seen projected rosters. Yeah. Now I'm as proud as they come in terms of being a proud Canadian. Are you terrified about the American hockey roster? No. You know what? Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're they're deep on all four lines and on the back end and in net. But this is Canada, baby. And we still got like we got we still got McDavid. We still got Bedard. We still got Crosby. We still got <laughs> we still got Bedard. He's eighteen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. Like I, I think that in a in a playoff series, especially, I know that it's not necessarily going to be a playoff series. I like Canada to squat over the states. The only thing that worries me is the goaltending situation. That's the that's the one big thing where it's like, ooh, hopefully uh, Carter Hart can. Play good yeah. for a couple of games. Pretty, like pretty, pretty big drop off. Hart, uh, you know, Hellebuck, Ottinger, Demko, Swayman. You know, maybe like, hey, Swayman's not even making the team. We kind of talked about this earlier, but you know, in soccer, sometimes a grandparents from a different country, and you could play for that. Come, you know, maybe maybe Swayman's got some relatives up here in Canada, <laughs> right? Like, let's uh, give him an honorary passport. Come on, you want you want an opportunity to play. Come on up, baby. The crease is yours. Let's go. Let's just bring Lou back for the for the tournament. It's, it's not the worst idea. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears at the, I'm I'm all ears. I'm desperate. Um, there's there's a few. Yeah. So I mean, the goaltending is an issue. The one thing I will say about the goaltending though is, I mean, Carter Hart's playing really good this year. Yeah. And if he continues that pace, he's not going to be all that far off from. Like, I mean, there's still a, a drop-off, but I don't think it's as titanic as it looks right now. The other thing, though, is you can only play one goalie at a time. <laughs> so, like, every, I, I I do laugh a little bit when people are like, the, the Americans are so deep at goal. Like, they've got this and this and this. It's like, okay, so, like, yeah. only one guy plays. So, the, you could be 10 deep for all I care. Only and one it, of them getting the pipe, you know, getting in between the pipes there. So, um <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. I I think I mean it'll be intriguing because if it's not Carter Hart, it's like Aiden Hill, Jari. <laughs> oh no 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 no! Biddington? I know I know his number. Yeah no. Oh god no! Please, <laughs> please no 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 no. <laughs> That's weird though. Like the the goaltending, the Canadian goaltending product is just dried up. You know, you look at the – and really it was something like the 2016 to 2020 drafts. It was just kind of a dry period for for Canadian talent as a whole. Like, they're, they're, you know, like good – obviously good players, but nowhere near the level that we had seen before that, goalie being the biggest one there. But it's interesting when you look at Team Canada, like there's a big age gap. Like there's kind of the old almost, you know, 2010 Olympics guard – 
and then a bunch of really young guys, right? Like there's there are you know guys in their mid twenties, but there's not really that next wave that's there just yet. I mean, Bedard's going to be there in 2025. Chilabrini won't, but he's not going to be all that far away if if his performances at the World Juniors are any indication. So it, it is a little concerning, though. I got to be honest. I just got to say it like it is. I mean, the, the American team is loaded. They are stacked. And it's it's going to be a bit of a dogfight. The final thing I'll say about the international best on best, whatever all that stuff is, I think the NHL needs to scrap this four nations tournament look and and no offense to our Swedish and Finnish listeners out there but I don't I don't really care all that much like if it's not if it's not going to be an actual best on best with 10 12 teams Germany the Czech Czechia Slovakia you know go up and down the list right like if if you're not going to have all those teams there then it kind of feels pointless and i'm it would be great to see canada against sweden and all that to to me the intrigue goes up by a country mile and you want to talk about getting eyeballs on hockey i mean why not bring back summit series 2.0 and have canada versus us and a best of seven series winner takes the international crown that that to me is where and I know people might not like that. No Sweden, no Finland. I don't really care. I just I just want to beat the U.S. <laughs> like that, that to me is the matchup right there. So well, I, well, I don't think they're going to do that. But if if the NHL had some cojones and a wheelbarrow, it'd be a big call. But there's just no what you can't tell me that that's not getting big time eyeballs and earlobes down south. And to tune it in to see their beloved Americans go up against the Canadians trying to get a win in best on best for the first time in like 30 plus years. And while you're telling people to shove it, you tell a double IHF to shove it too. And you're like, you got, we're not using any of your rules. We're using good old North American NHL rules. And we got fighting in there. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Canada versus the States. <laughs> who's the first, who's the best hockey nation in the world? Well, you find out only on NHL Network. Maybe not an NHL Network. That channel kind of sucks. That, that, that's exactly what they would do, though. Yeah. <laughs> like It'd be like, wow, this is going to be so awesome. Blackout, by the way. <laughs> yeah, blackout. blackout. Across North America. <laughs> the one thing that, that does concern me, though, Tyson, and, and the Team Canada doesn't have an answer for this, there's going to be a major coaching advantage for, for Team USA because they'll look to Rhode Island to find their leader behind the bench. And there's some good, I mean, John Cooper's outstanding. The The list goes on and on. John Tortorella. But what are you going to do when John the Body Snatcher Hines is the head boss of <laughs> Team USA? <laughs> you got to counter with, with, uh, with Craig Berube. You got to counter with him. Okay, I feel better. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have, have a chief behind the bench. You're not going to snatch chief away. I, that That is good. Okay. A, nice, okay. a duo of chief and uh, Dean Evison. I was just, I was, I was just going to double check to make sure Dino is a, is a Canadian. He's a Canadian boy. Okay. Yeah. If we, if we, if we got, if we got Barube and Eve, uh, uh, Dean Evison. Maybe Bones there too, right? Like just just to have a little wily vet. I don't know, but but I, okay. 
All right, we can take down the body snatcher in Team USA. That's good. Um, well, let's cap it there. What an odd end to 2023. <laughs> but if you're still listening, which you probably aren't at this point, we do appreciate you coming by each and every episode that we do, um, specifically in this last calendar year. Love you guys. Love you listening. And um, yeah, let's keep it going into 2024. And hopefully, hopefully, one of the more wild rides we see from this Jets franchise with uh, things looking up through at least 33 games right now. We'll see where things end up uh, midway through 2024. Um, But that'll do it for the episode. That'll do it for the year. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in to Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki here with us once again. Have a great, safe weekend and Happy New Year celebration. We'll get back at it next week with the Jets' first game action of the new year. Maybe even a little bit on the back-to-back against the Minnesota Wild. But we'll get back at it in 2024. Until then, stay safe. Have a great time. Enjoy the New Year's Eve. Try to survive New Year's Day, and then we'll talk to you guys in January. Have a great time, everybody. Peace.